welcome everybody to another edition of Mind of a Madman. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, this week, uh, I'm going to get back into looking at cryptids. Um, this time, I'm going to look at cryptids from my home state, which is Pennsylvania. I think the next time we do this, I'm going to look at a different country, but I figured, you know, I lived in Pennsylvania, and I was, a- I was actually pretty interested because there's a couple on here that you know, I didn't even know of, and you know, I mean, I've lived in a state, you're from my whole life, so... But as always, before we get into that, um, of course I have a couple news stories. Um, <clears throat> first story is entitled, Former Navy Officer, A Pact with the Aliens was made in 1989 and the government knows it very well. In Las Vegas, Nevada, 19, July 2nd, 1989, he published top secret information about the government agency MJ-12 or Majestic 12. He claimed the source of the material was an intelligence operation of the Office of Naval Intelligence against MJ-12 for the Navy to discover the truth. It seems that at the time, the Navy was not satisfied that they were that they were not part of the real action, so they decided to get involved to obtain pieces of newly of new pieces of the of technology designed using the exploited extraterrestrials that the government had in captivity. Uh, it contains secret information that involves the CIA, NSA, MJ-12, presence of the EE, UU, aliens, UFO, and weapons of mass destruction. Uh, so, Grudge, uh, was, was, was a project created to gather all the scientific technical, the scientific technological, medical, and intelligence information from UFO and IAC sightings and contacts with extraterrestrial life forms. This sort of filed, this sort of file of collected information has been used to advance the U.S. space program. Uh, the society was, construct, was constructed by 32 of the most outstanding men in the country in 1972 when 12 members were designed, designated as MJ-12. So, basically, this article is just saying how, um, how, uh, this, this all basically led to a meeting with aliens and, uh, you know, we made a pact with them in 1989 to further our, our research, uh, our knowledge of their, of their technologies and stuff, so. It's a really short article, it really didn't go into a lot of what, of what the pact was about, but, you know, could this be part of of uh, of the uh, overall uh, disclosure? Is this part of um, maybe maybe this is uh, a disinformation that was uh, put out there? I mean, you know, uh, MJ12 or Majestic 12 that was a real project. Um, but basically, you know, the, you know, this guy basically published all this information in 1989, and that's supposedly when when this pact was made. So. Let's move on to our next story. Bigfoot, once again, you know, for the second week in a row, was back in the news. The story, Bigfoot, or the story, Bigfoot in national news. Bigfoot Rocky Mountain Sasquatch Organization, or BRMSO. Um, it just says that. Um, it just says that they were. Uh, they were conducting an investigation, and they were zooming in on a bunch of trees. 
and they caught what looks to be potentially a Bigfoot crouching down in, down in between some trees. Um, this article is mostly pictures, but it, you know it shows a footprint, a supposed footprint, which I've seen a lot better footprints than this. I don't know; it's not very convincing to me. Um, says the Pacific Railroad claims to have seen the creature in the depths of a canyon near St. Charles on January 2nd, 1972. The Bigfoot tracks are similar to bears, but slimmer and about a size 13 in length. They sunk into the, they sunk in about a foot in the snow each time the creature was sighted. It stamped its feet and shook its head like a child in anger. They said that it measured about nine feet tall. Um, the article just just was on talking about numerous sightings, but the main thing out of this one was they supposedly have have this picture. I'm gonna put this up 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 on the Facebook page for everybody to look at. Um, I don't know. Could it be a Bigfoot? Sure, it could be. It could be a bear. It could be a man in an ape suit. It could be a bush. You really, it's so hard. You really have to squint to see this one. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not buying it. Um, like I said, I'll put this up on the Facebook page. Yo, yo, you guys can tell me, tell me what you think. Uh, this article was sent to me by uh, one of our listeners in Colorado, and I mean, you know, I'm glad they sent it to me because I mean, I want to see any article that has to do with with anything paranormal. But I definitely think this picture's a stretch. But you know, you guys look at it. Let me know. Tell me what you think. Here's another one of these articles that I, I'm not sure about. It's entitled, Four-Legged Dark Creature Was Spotted on Mars by NASA's Rover. Article goes on to say, as, as the title suggests, this photo was taken by the Mars Opportunity Rover, and right off the bat you will see why it got so much attention. So it's a picture, it looks potentially like something kind of large with short stubby legs, four of them. Um, article going to say this four-legged animal turned up out of nowhere, and as it brushed past the camera, experts couldn't help but compare it to a bear from our planet. Of course, we know that this is virtually impossible, but it's interesting to see if such similar if such similarities did occur between life on Mars and life on Earth. We know that for the most part, the aliens that lived on Mars were humanoids, so why wouldn't creatures similar to bears actually live on Mars too? The photograph itself is quite good too. Unlike most of the, most of the others out there, you can clearly see the outline of its face. That isn't just a random camera glitch. Of course, there were some skeptics that call this just another typical case of the pareidolia effect, but that's inconsequential to say the least. As we could give these people an actual alien being, and they still find reasons to complain about it. So I'm looking at the this, at this second picture. That's it's supposed to be showing. I mean, you can kind of make out. You can definitely make out the legs, uh, the eyes. I don't know. No, I don't know. It's really a stretch. I mean, it's a clearer image than a lot of the Mars ones of supposed supposed animals or creatures or aliens that I've seen before. But when you zoom in, it's still pretty grainy, so it's really hard to tell. So I'm gonna put this picture up on the Facebook page too, because I want you guys to look at this. Tell me what you think. Um, you know, do you guys think this is a a bear-like creature on Mars, or do you think this is just a rock or a piece of debris from a satellite, or shape, you know, I mean, or even a shadow, you know? So I'm, gonna, you know, so I want you guys to look at this. Let me know what you think. Um, our fourth article is entitled "Researcher Claims to Have Found an Alien City on Titan." 
For decades, experts have claimed that Titan is one of the best places to start looking for signs of alien life. However, an image taken of Saturn's satellite could reveal that not only is there life, there's intelligence. The controversial researcher and ufologist Scott C. Waring, administrator of the web portal UFO Sightings Daily, has published an image of Titan taken by the European Space Agency's radar. In it, what can be what what could be an alien ship entering a developing city is observed. Waring stated that he was looking at the photo of the satellite, which was taken thanks to the radar of the Cassini orbiter. In detailing it, he noticed that in the lower right corner there is a round tubular artificial structure. It's hidden under the surface, but it's really big. Although it couldn't, although it made it difficult for him to estimate its exact size, he believes it would be about 25 miles wide, the ideal size to house an alien colony. Waring assures that it is possible for nature to have made such a structure on Titan, so it is most likely an alien. So, oh, it, it's impossible for nature to have made such a structure on Titan, so it, it's likely to be an alien construction. The researcher suggests that it could be a ship that landed uh, in that place to do some work or simply to rest. So I thought I thought this article was kind of interesting because you know. Last week we had talked about the potential of reptilian aliens that could have possibly, or reptilian creatures that that could have evolved from dinosaurs and been human-like and potentially, you know, turn turn to space, you know, and and and, and if you remember, one the one scientist last week in the article that we, or in the topic we were talking about said the best place to look for signs of of a of a civilization that could have lived here before would be on 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 satellites like like or space satellites like like the moon. Mars, uh, the planets of of uh, Jupiter and Saturn, and or the moons, and here you go, yo. Here's one of the larger moons of, of uh, Saturn, and we're f- potentially finding something that could be, um, you know, an alien structure. So it's just kind of uh, interesting. I mean, you know, the little picture that's on here is I don't know how you can make anything out to be honest. I mean, you know, but I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, so, and they said that it is important to note that Titan is covered with lakes, rivers, and seas. But it's covered in liquid methane and ethane rather than water. So, I mean, yeah, it's an inter- interesting article. I mean, if we, if, if we could actually get, get some kind of, a, uh, some sort of a, you know, a rover or some sort of a probe there to actually look at that, that'd be cool too because, you know, maybe this is proof of... of of either aliens or a past uh, civilization. Our last article uh, is uh, Aliens Are Us. UFOs are piloted by time-traveling human distant descendants. I picked this story because next week we're actually doing a story based just on this, that perhaps aliens are us from the future. But, like I said, that's, that, that's going to be next week's story. I'm still kind of, you know, we're kind of finalizing everything for it, so. The article goes on to say that alien UFOs could be piloted by time-traveling aliens, an academic has controversially claimed. UFO sightings and alien close encounters are being t- have been taking place for centuries, with the scribes and pharaohs of Tutmos III reporting fiery disks were encountered floating over the skies in 1440 B.C. Then there have been countless more 
purported experiences since uh, this first known UFO incident, with many in recent years bearing uncanny resemblances to, to each other. An, ac- an academic has known published a has now has now published a groundbreaking new theory, challenging the paradigm that UFO sightings are are delusional alien they're delusional aliens are distant human descendants returning to Earth for, from the future to study the species in their ancient evolutionary past. Uh, the only thing I have to I have, I have to disagree with right off the bat is this not this is not a new theory. This guy may think he thought of a new theory, but this theory has been around for a long time, actually. Um, I mean, I know personally, I've, I've, I've wondered this exact thing since I was in my teens. So, this, this isn't a new theory. It's just, he, you know, he published it in a scientific journal, which is, is, which, which is a first. Um, so, he said, this is just a look back, or this is just a look back at our deep evolutionary past both in the context of our biological and cultural evolution, and if the same d- dominant dominant traits that characterize the last six billion years of humanoid evolution are to continue into the future, we're very likely to form to have forms similar to what's reported in so many instances of alien encounters. They're talking about the greys. These are namely an expanded neurocranium, increasing brain size, and more Importantly, a change in the shape of the upper skull, where it becomes more globular and more rounded. Retraction and reduction of our lower facial features, which has dominated the last six million years of human evolution. So just looking at the most ambiguous descriptions of these individuals, if we take this seriously and we can believe these reports, the fact that consistently describe a bipedal, big-headed, small-faced, hairless, very human-like being, I think is worth taking into consideration. That's something that I, I, I personally have said, have, have said for a long time. And uh, you know, and then as far as the big giant eyes, maybe they're not, maybe they're not giant eyes. Maybe maybe they're wearing a helmet instead of one giant visor like like we currently use. Maybe there's maybe there's a smaller almond shaped visor over each one of their eyes. Just 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 a little food for thought there. Um, he said, "This is a testable model first and foremost, and it gives it a little more credence, at least as a scientific means of investigation, in the sense that if we continue to exist, we will eventually reach a point where we rather, where we know whether or not that is us getting in these crafts and traveling back in time to study our own evolutionary past, or if we annihilate ourselves and destroy the human race. We've essentially tested and falsified this hypothesis, but." Even beyond that, taking out to consideration any of these reports, like, because again, those really or those can't really be considered evidence in the scientific sense. They would be considered in question court of law witness testimony, but in science, it doesn't quite fill the the bill as far as evidence is concerned. Just looking at the history of our species and the hominin lineage, not just in context of biological changes, I described but technolog- technologically too. So this the you know the you know, the this article just keeps going on. He just talks about you know different dif- different examples, and I don't want to go too far in this article because he covers a lot of he covers a lot of what I'm going to cover in next week's topic. So I kind of wanted to keep that part a little loose so that you know I've got something to talk about next week. Uh, so with that being said, uh, let's get into this week's topic, which is Pennsylvania cryptids. Um, so, first thing 
I, so, like I said, a lot of these cryptids that I'm about to tell you, I knew of a couple of them, but there's a lot that I did not know existed. Actually, I mean, I, I, I knew about three or four of these. Some, one I've actually had, had an experience with, which I will get into. Uh, it's the first time that I've ever talked about this experience on here. I don't tell a lot of people because, you know, pe people look at you and laugh and think, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah this guy's crazy, so. Um, first, the first cryptid of Pennsylvania is uh, the Dogman. Now, uh, when, I, when I reported in Wyoming about Wyoming cryptids, these were seen there. These have been seen there. The, the, the Dogman's been seen all over the United States. Pennsylvania was first documented by two lumberjacks in 1887. It was described as an upright walking creature, completely covered in hair, with the head of a dog. And it's reported to be up to seven feet tall. Um, and like I said, not only well, not, not only has Dogman been reported all over the United States, but he's been reported all over the world. So, I don't know what people are seeing, but, I mean, hard to tell. It, it could be one of these other cryptids. It's really hard to tell, but... Um, the next one... Another one that I've never heard of is the Albert Witch. Uh, the Albert Witch is much like Bigfoot, but much smaller, only four feet in height. Found only amongst the trees off the Susquehanna River, which, ironically, the Susquehanna River flows through my town literally two miles from where I'm sitting right now. Also, the same river where Joseph Smith was, was, was baptized, if you remember from the Joseph Smith uh, um, episode. It's found only amongst the trees of, of the Susquehanna River. Tales of the, Alb of the Albert Witch have been around well before written history. Native Americans have tales about them. They have lots of tales. The local tribes, you know, that they used to be in this, in this area of Pennsylvania. They're said to enjoy apples and have been known to steal them from picnickers in the area. Um, they are almost similar, or there are almost similar records of this creature in the Lancaster area of Pennsylvania, which... You know, isn't which which is once again is only Lancaster's only maybe an hour and a half drive from here, so it's all it's all you're pretty close. Next one I never heard of, and that is um, the Raytown Ray. Um, this is located just outside of Altoona, and reports started back in 1962. The best known image was taken of it in 2007. I'm going to put a picture of this uh, up on the Facebook page as well with, with things from the news. Um, basically, it's described as being um, you know, very much like the Loch Ness Monster. It's basically you know, a plesiosaur. In 2010, the Lake and Raystown hosted a, an episode of Fact or Fake Paranormal Files. Their investigation came up inconclusive, letting the debate open. So basically, they investigated... They couldn't. They couldn't prove if it did or did not exist. So, uh, there's another one called the uh, um, the Squonk. Once again, this is one of those ones I never heard of before. The Squonk. Uh, it is described as a small pig-like animal covered in loose, wrinkly, hairless, misfitting skin. The skin is almost always covered in warts. It's said to be in a constant state of grief, and they can be tracked by following their tears. This thing looks like, if you've ever seen a picture of like a water bear, which is like a microscopic organism, it looks just like a water bear, but they're like the size of a dog, supposedly. 
Uh, really, it's a really creepy looking thing. Um, hope I never see one around here. I haven't so far. The next one, Pennsylvania's well known for this. I definitely knew about this one, and that's the Bigfoot or the Sasquatch. They're found in almost every heavily forested corner of the state, as well as all across the United States. As we already know, huge ape-like creatures reaching, or as as we already know, they're described as huge ape-like creatures reaching heights of seven to ten feet tall, covered in hair, walking upright. The thing about Pennsylvania is this is a very diverse ecosystem that'll provide food, water, and shelter. Uh, Pennsylvania has enormous populations of um, white-tailed deer. There's uh, elk in the northwestern corner of the state. Um, there's lots of small, lots of small game, lots of berries, and there's you know any any creature, any large predator would have no problem surviving in the woods in Pennsylvania because, like I said, they're very dense. Uh, and there's plenty of places to keep hidden in Pennsylvania. Um, roughly 58% of the state or nearly 16.9 million acres are all heavily forested especially once you get like in center in, in, in like central Pennsylvania from like Williamsport on west towards like uh, Allentown that area of the state and then north between like like Williamsport and like and like Erie there's there, there's nothing for hundreds of miles or for, you know, for, you know, for, for hundreds of miles so lots of places for Bigfoot to be you know, to hide. Uh, most, the most reported cryptid in Pennsylvania, of course, is the Sasquatch. Now, Travel Channel re uh, researched, and Pennsylvania is the third most likely place in the U.S. to see Bigfoot. Uh, with Oregon, and I believe it was Texas above us. So the next cryptid, I once again, it's one of these cryptids that I knew nothing about, and that's the watered, the Waterford Sheepman. Reports in Waterford, Pennsylvania since the early 1970s. It's basically the head of a sheep on the body of a man. It's known for walking in the shadows, striking or stalking its prey until the opportune time to strike. Other surrounding states have tales of Goatman, which many believe is the exact same creature. Uh, like Ohio, New Jersey, New York, all, all have reports of you know, the Goatman. So, you know, many people think that... So whatever people are seeing in Pennsylvania as a Waterford goat or a sheep man is the same thing as you know, the goat man in the surrounding states. And there's over 100 reportings or 100 sightings reported so far. The next creature we talked about this when we talked about the uh, Bridgewater Triangle. I knew these creatures existed well, of them being talked about, but I didn't know that, th that they were seen in Pennsylvania. And those are Thunderbirds. If you don't remember what a Thunderbird was from the Bridgewater Triangle uh, episode. It's an enormous bird from Native American folklore. It's got a wingspan of about 20 feet, and a thunderous noise occurs when they flap their wings. They're reported to swoop down and carry off small children. And in Pennsylvania, they're they're mostly reported in eastern Pennsylvania, like around the Poconos. So I'm like just I'm I'm just I'm just right outside the Pocono area. So like just 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 a hair uh, so just like a hair east from where I'm at. The next one, I don't know if I want to call it a cryptid, because it did it did exist at one time, and that's and that's the mountain lion. They existed in Pennsylvania, over or uh, or they once existed in Pennsylvania. These cats can reach more than eight feet in length and over 150 pounds. Uh, they're the same thing as they're almost like they're basically a brown version of like a puma or. Uh, in Florida, they have panthers. 
They're basically the exact same thing. In fact, Florida has the nearest breeding population known of these. And, I mean, Florida is like 1,600 miles away. Supposedly they're found in mountainous... Well, they are found in mountainous areas all throughout the continental U.S. Now, in Pennsylvania, they were hunted into extinction into the late 1800s. Now, there have been... There are numerous, numerous reports... And I mean, I've seen a lot of trail cam footage from 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 around here, from you know, all over Pennsylvania, and it shows clearly it's it's the they're definitely mountain lions. They're not bobcats. They're way too big. They're way too big to be house cats. Um, and they're all over the place. I mean, you know, they're they're seen. I mean, from just from just within a, a from within just a ten mile radius of where I live here, I've uh, you know I've seen trail cam footage of at least a dozen of them in all different places. So they're all. They are here. Uh, the rumor is that the Pennsylvania Game Commission reintroduced a select number of them into the wild in heavily forested areas to help control with the white-tailed deer population. If you've never been to Pennsylvania, we have a huge white-tailed deer population. I mean, even with their hunting season, for the most part, we can't keep up with, even with as many people who go out and hunt, there's still such a such an, an extreme population of deer that, you know, it causes insurance companies millions of dollars a year with you know, with you know, uh, you know, uh, body repaired automobiles. You know, they jump through people's windows in their houses and you know, and wreck the place. They, you know, I mean, they are a very beautiful creature, but they can be very you know destructive at the same time. So, um, you know, so supposedly, like I said, the Pennsylvania Game Commission released them into the wild to in, in heavily forested areas to help control this this white deer uh, population. Well, as as the, as the rumor also continues, the plan backfired. Innocent campers um, and hunters were uh, were uh, attacked, and then eventually they started making their making their way to less populated parts of the United States or uh, to more populated areas of the state where where it wasn't so den- densely you know populated and you know and a lot of people started getting injured by them. So, the, so if that's the case, this would explain the persistence of the Pennsylvania Game Commission stating that they are extinct, and it's not possible that they are present in the state. That way, they they can deny any kind of accountability for the injuries that were caused by the ones that they introduced, reintroduced. Uh, this last one, um. I didn't think the I, I never even even I never even even heard of these before, until I I had an experience with this, and actually had two experiences, which 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 is crazy. But, and that's the uh, the um, uh, Wendigo. It's another creature from Native American folklore. Uh, it has the human it has a human body and the head of a deer. They're very tall, between nine to fourteen feet tall. Now all across the United States. Different Indian tribes have different versions of it. Um, you know, there's some versions that 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 it's it, the humans that have, to, that have resorted to cannibalism um, are turned into Wendigos by the devil, and as punishment for eating for consuming human flesh, they are cursed to roam the earth uh, for all eternity as this as this Wendigo, and you know their flesh is rotting, and you know they're always hungry and but then around here the Pennsylvania version is a little different 
Local Native Americans have tales that during a tribal during tribal wars, some of their best soldiers sold their soul to be able to transform into a beast to win the tribal wars. They were invincible and, and were not able to die, and they're still around today because they're invincible. Um, there are a number of reports of them across the state. Many Bigfoot reports they feel could be Wendigo or Wendigo might be Bigfoots. Um, I can tell you from my experience that they're, they're definitely not, not the same when you sight them. I mean, I've never seen a Bigfoot, but... So, I, I, yeah, I've seen these twice. Um, first time I saw Wendigo, I used to live in Catawissa, Pennsylvania, which, if you don't know what it is, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a short little village, or a small little village right along the Susquehanna River. It's, um, uh, it's kind of like smack dab in the middle between, like, Philadelphia and, and uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, if you know where those cities are at. Um, I mean, I only lived there for a couple of years, but while, while I lived there, though, there, uh, you know, it's very, you know, heavily forested all, all around here. It's basically like a town in the middle of the woods is what it is. Well, there was, there was this road that I, that, that it was, it was a shortcut when I was coming home from work. And it was basically a real, you know, like a real windy road that went out through, like, farmland and out through, like, the woods and stuff. And So I'm going to work the one morning. It's about 6.30 in the morning. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the sun's up. So, I mean, like, you, you I mean, like, you, you know, so, I mean, like, your visibility's decent. And I noticed that, 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 I noticed that the guy ahead of me had slammed on his brakes. And when he slammed on his brakes, I hit mine and I looked up. And all I could see was, it was, it was really weird because, like, it moved so fast. Like I could see, I could see antlers, and I couldn't make out the body it was moving so fast. And its feet, like where its feet were at, it was blurry, and it, it was so quick that I mean, I couldn't, you couldn't even make out what like a shape. It, it was, it was just, it was, it, it was just a blur where its, where its feet were at. And it had just snowed the day before. So yeah, I went to work thinking, boy, I think I just saw a bigfoot, but I, but I'm not sure. So I was at work. I told a couple people at work and. There was this old German lady who worked with me, and she sat over in the corner, and she goes, Ah, Wendigo. I'm like, excuse me? She said, you seen Wendigo. And then she told me about what the Wendigo were, and I'm like, wow, that really sounds almost like what I saw, but I'm not 100% sure. So I come home later on that that night or that afternoon with my daughter. You know, I picked her up from school, and then you know, she would come home with me. So right where we seen the sighting, I remember it had just snowed. I said, you know, so I, I tell my daughter about it, and I mean, you know, she didn't seem like she was in, in in disbelief. I mean, like, you know, she believed me. So we stopped at the site of where I I had seen it run run across the road earlier that morning, and we looked, and sure enough, there was a track of. It was hard to make out. They were almost like ovals. It was it was like real elongated ovals. And they were probably about fifteen feet. Long, or, uh, 15 inches long and maybe about 5 inches wide and I'd say each one was probably about 4 four feet from the next one and you know you know, and it staggered just it staggered just like footprints would and it went from it went from where I saw it it went across the, like a short field about it was it was a field about 50 feet wide long it ran across that and you can see it and you can make about up into the trees you know as far as you as far as you can see from the road so I mean, you know, I mean that that was some physical evidence of it, you know. I mean, I still didn't know know what I had seen, but I knew I'd seen something, and I knew we'd seen antlers, but but the rest of it happened so fast. Well, you know, 
people, you know, I, I mean, I, to, you know, I told some people, half of them believe me, half of them laughed, whatever, you know, I, I know what I saw. So then, it was probably about six or eight weeks later, um, I was I was out with some friends, and then it was late, it was probably about 1.30 in the morning, and I turned down this road, that where I'd seen it originally. Now, when I seen it the first time, it was at the one end by my house, it was from 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 my house to the other end of this road is probably about three and a half to four miles. So when I first saw it, it was right after I turned off, maybe about a half mile from my house when I saw it, when I saw it that morning. Six or eight weeks later, I'm coming home from from hang, you know you know from you know you hanging out with some friends about one thirty in the morning. You know, and I, yeah, I had my high beams on. I turned off the main road on on this windy road, and I go maybe. Not even 300 feet. I come around a sharp corner and there's a big barn. And standing right next to this, well, as I'm telling you right now, all the hairs on my arms are standing up. It's it's so weird. I come around the corner and my high beams sh- like right like right, shine right, right right on this on this giant barn. And next to this barn standing is this creature. It was taller than the, the than eaves of the barn, so it had to be at least 12 to 15 feet high at least. Um. It was big, muscular, bulky, real hairy creature, and it, it almost had like a deer face, but it was kind of like the nose was the nose was was kind of like crammed in a little bit, like like, like it wasn't a f- full length nose. It was it was about a half length of a of like a deer snout, but it looked almost like a deer's head, and this humongous set of of horns were on it. I mean, it, it you know, and I mean, you know, I was in shock. I mean, I slammed on the brakes, and I I just I I just stopped. I mean, I was you know. I was in shock. And this thing bent down and on two feet it just it it, it just it, it just took off. And I mean and like, you know and then once again when it when it ran, its feet were moving so fast that it was just a blur. I mean I mean it almost looked as though it was floating across the ground. So uh you know, after a while I told a couple of people, and they're like, "Yo, you know, there's there's your Bigfoot research organizations in my state." So they they said, "Yo, you really need to get a hold of them, and you need to talk to them, and tell them what you've seen, and maybe they can, you know, investigate, or maybe someone else has seen something similar." So what I find out is, when I, you know, so I called my, to- you know, I told I told them the, you know, like the whole story, and they said that a woman that was probably uh, trying to think where this town was at. It was in, it's in Schumann Town. It's a couple of miles away from where I seen it. It's probably about ten miles from from where I'd had my sighting. A woman had had reporting seeing a very similar creature in her field twice in the last six months. So I mean, you know, and you know, the descriptions match identical to what they had seen. So uh, they said they're going to be doing an investigation. I haven't talked to them since. I mean, you know, with work and everything, and now and now doing this podcast and everything I'm doing. I haven't had a lot of time, but I think I'm going to reach out to them uh, because I, I want to do an episode just on when day goes and different versions of them and stuff. And I want to see if I can't get a hold of them and uh, see if you know if if they've done any investigation into it or not, and you know if you know you know if they have what research they have or you know, what information they have. If not, maybe we can organize like a one day go slash Bigfoot hunt and go out with them some night or something. So. That's my experiences. Like I said, that's the first time I've ever told anybody like publicly about it. So consider yourselves lucky, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, before I close out the show, 
Um, last week I had asked you um, if you had any suggestions that I could use for uh, if you had any suggestions for like people that I could do topics on like you know I've already done you know uh, Kurt Cobain uh, Joseph Smith um, Bob Lazar I'd ask you guys if there was anybody else and I actually got quite a response um, I'll try to do as many of these as I can um, you know, I you know I got I got uh, Elon Musk, which didn't didn't surprise me because he's a very fascinating character. He's basically the real life Tony Stark, basically. Um, you know, I got people who wanted me to do it uh, to do to do report on JFK on well specifically his assassination. I, I'm looking to do something on someone's whole life. I got I got uh, Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein. Uh, Einstein, if I do him, it'll be probably a two-part series because his life, there's so much to it. Same thing with someone suggested uh, Leonardo uh, da Vinci. Another fascinating person, but so much to his life, I might have to do a two-part series on that one. Which isn't a problem, it's just, you know. Um, I'm trying to think who else there was. There, there were so many, and uh, so, uh, personally... I had said before that I had a couple ideas of people that I want to do one on. The people who I had said was were Nikolai Tesla, um, and uh, uh, and Elon Musk were two. But you know, I like you know Da Vinci and Einstein. Um, I got a suggestion for uh, uh, Jesse Marcells, who was the one who found the uh, the the other, the other wreckage at Roswell. So, I'll be taking all these into consideration, and like I said, uh, next week's episode, like I said, it's it's already, it's 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 already in in the works. That's that's basically like like I said, it was you know how you know, aliens might be time might might be humans time traveling from the future. That's next week, but in the week after too, we'll probably be looking at another person. Um, I don't know which which one yet, but. So the only thing left is, I guess you know, a question for uh, for um, next week. Um, and this question, I guess it came to me the other day. I day I, I was watching I was watching reruns of the X Files. I loved that show when I was growing up. That that you know that you know the X Files was was an amazing show, especially for that time. Um, what I uh, so. Um, I had heard rumors years ago that, like, uh, when, like, George Lucas did Star Wars, that he had been told about secret technologies that he had worked into the movies, and, you know, there was information leaked to, you know, when they, you know, to, uh, when they did Star Trek and Star Trek and stuff. So, my question is, do you think that the U.S. government is feeding some information to, like, movie and TV uh, shows and stuff, do you think that they're basically getting, getting hold of their production team and giving them a, just a little, bit of, a little bit of information so they, so they can basically spoon-feed us a little bit of the, of, the, of the truth at a time? Like, you know, do you, because, uh, like, do you think that, like, 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 things that we saw in Star Wars, that, that, that you know, some of that was basically spoon-fed to... to to George Lucas by the government. Do you think that things were in X Files because because like the things that I seen in the X Files, a lot of that you know we already accept today as normal things. So it's just it's it's just crazy how like you know life's imitating art. 
Or is it? Potentially, that art was influenced by the government to imitate real life so that when that does show itself, we're not so shocked. Just a theory, so... You know, do you think that the government spoon-feeding stuff to, to movie production, TV production companies to kind of prepare us for what's coming in the future, or do you think that's just a bunch of crap? So, let me know what you guys think. Uh, you know, you can reach us at, at the Facebook page, which, once again, is uh, moampodcast21 at gmail.com, or you can reach us on our Facebook page. The links to both of them are in the descriptions to this, uh, if, if you're looking at this on Spotify. Um, I'm not sure if the other streaming services have this in the description or not, because I don't, I don't use any of the other ones. I mean, I probably should, but... So, I want to thank you guys for joining us this week, and I'll see you guys next week with another episode. Till then, stay safe.